All right, Nick, we are back. Part three. Part three. Man, and we never even thought we'd do two parts. Nope, we didn't. <laughs> we thought this was going to be a 20-minute episode, <laughs> maybe 40. <laughs> um, so, kids, how do we handle it? Um, so a lot of the – so in part two, the way you ended, you, you, you also shared it some, some like examples or some scenarios, but very briefly. But so I think all of those have to be a little bit different, but I think number one, I think it's pretty, is pretty clear cut that, you know, you're not going to allow <laughs> or take your kid to an event like what's displayed in the, in the Crowder video that we're talking about. Um, where it gets trickier is anything. And so I guess part of this debate could be how much time your kid should actually spend away from you or, or, um, their other parent or whatever. But, you know, as kids grow, they naturally detach more and more, right? They gain a little more freedom and you have less control as time goes on over the specifics of what they encounter, what they experience. So really, I would say that you, you have about 13 years to truly teach your children. And that's, that's, that's not like all hope is lost after 13. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what I'm trying to say and not actually saying, but, um, you have about, I think you have about 13 years to prepare your kids for things that they're going to encounter without you to be able to handle that well and to respond well. And so I would say that's, that's no different than any other form of Christian discipleship. It's just more intimate because it's with your kids. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, what does the Bible say? Train a child up in the way you should go, right? So you're, mm -hmm. we, we should be teaching our kids and putting them in situations where they're going to be learning what God calls good and what God calls evil, right? They're going to be learning what God says about certain things. They need to be learning those things. They need to be understanding those things so that when they grow up and encounter these things in the world, they aren't surrendering their weapons, so to speak, to use an analogy, we're, we're equipping them with weapons to, and another way to say that would be apologetics, right? We're helping them build a, an apologetic, a way to fight against things that are ungodly. We're teaching them how to equip themselves with the full armor of God. So that that's first and foremost, that as a child grows up, you should be teaching them how to deal with things that they're going to encounter when they're not around you all the time anymore. You know, as, as long as I have complete control over where my kid goes, then they're not going to encounter this in, at least in full, like we can show up to a soccer game, right. And it'd be pride night. And, and my almost five-year-old two days away from one day away from being five, um, can say, dad, why, why are they waving those flags? Which she did. And I said, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. We can't talk about it now. There's noise and people are being loud and it's not a good place to talk about it, but we'll talk about it here in a little bit. So she saw the flags and she wondered, I don't know what my video just did. I don't know. If you I, that was that. weird. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Um, light adjusting and stuff, but, um, and we can talk about that on 
a case by case basis because what they encounter will already be with me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But as they grow, hopefully you've prepared them for things like that, right? Hopefully you've prepared your kids for how to respond and how to stay strong, how to, how to proclaim the gospel, how to, um, point to scripture, how to live in accordance with scripture. So all those basic things of the Christian life, you really should be doing that from an early, very early age, whether that's, you know, like right now, a lot of, a lot of what uh, my daughter learns is in her Christian preschool, right? She's, she's in a full day private Christian preschool. A lot of what she learns is in that school, um, in home preschool. Um, and they learn the Bible and she's memorizing Bible verses and she's learning, you know, a lot about, about things like that. Um, and then we supplement and encourage that at home as well. Right. We, we ask her, okay, what's your, what's your Bible verse? You know, things like that. We ask her to recite those things and remember those things and bring them to memory, um, and applaud when she does. So that's kind of just basic, some of the basic training elements of it. Um, we, um, it's kind of funny because a lot of the things that kids just kind of naturally know, they don't suppress truth as well as adults do. (laughs) So like a lot of times young kids are just like, this is weird. Well, even so to that point, even in the Crowder video, um, and if you guys didn't see the, the video, go back and watch, uh, part one of this of this podcast uh when the male in drag looked at the girl and said coming out is when you tell the world or i'm paraphrasing tell the world that you're gay that little girl looked at the camera and gave like a weird look um so yeah kids don't suppress truth well right that kid they, clearly they thought know, that that was awkward and weird and different. Yeah, and they know when things just don't like this. This doesn't. This feel doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem yeah. right. This seems w- awkward or weird. Like a lot of people will say that it's just simply like um, embedded into kids. Like the just you know you know the whole thing that gender is a social construct, right? Yeah. That there's nothing truly feminine. There's nothing truly masculine. It's just over time we've developed these standards of masculinity, these standards of femininity. So, like, fit, females don't have to be, you know, um, nurturing and soft and those things, and men don't have to be hardworking. It's, those are just things we've made up. Yet, kids just already know these things, right? Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say Eve was created to be? That's actually not just ret- what, oh, what was the you're Bible? not talking yeah. uh yeah I'm not uh Adam's helper helper do you know what my five year old daughter says or one again one day away from being five year old what she says all the time I love to be a helper right she's she's a female she loves to help it's ingrained in her mm-hmm. she 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 loves to be a helper and to be recognized as a helper and a lot of women now see that kind of thing yep. we talked about this a little bit when we were responding to um the what is a woman documentary but um i'll see that term as a as a negative but i didn't and i'll be honest this is it's not because of my good parenting i didn't teach her that right i didn't i didn't 
it put any effort into saying women are helpers and men are are are, are the head and anything. I I haven't done that in any way whatsoever. But yet, her happiest moments, her favorite times are when she's recognized as a helper. When she, when somebody says, "Oh, you're such a good helper," and she'll even just say, "My favorite thing to do is to help people." Right. That so that something's ingrained in her that that's what she's made for in mm-hmm. a, in a sense, right? Yeah. So like kids can just can kind of recognize those things, and you can see you can see a lot more about what's natural in in, in that in, in a lot of kids. Does does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, I think I went on a tangent there. I don't know if I even answered. Uh, I don't know if you answered it specifically either, but I think it all applied. Um, So that's that's good enough for me. Um, Where do you where do you think all this is going to all this is going to go? Are you hopeful? Are you should we be preparing? Should like what what do we do with all this? So we've spent the last two part um, the you know, it was a three part episode um, the last two parts were all about what is happening, what could potentially happen. Um, we we, we kind of tapped into a little bit, um, whether it's prevalent, not prevalent, who's loud, who's not loud. You know, what, what do we do? I have my opinions, um, but I want yours. <laughs> so... I'm I'm more optimistic than pessimistic. Mm-hmm. So, so when you when you ask that question of where's everything going, the the very first thing, and it's going to seem like a cop out. It's going to seem like oh, that's just the answer. You know, it's supposed to be right, and that's fine. But I, where is this going? It ends with Christ establishing His kingdom and ruling perfectly, mm-hmm. and every knee bowing, um, and every knee knee proclaiming Christ. So like or every voice, um, every knee bowing and, and every, um, every voice proclaiming Christ. So like in, in, in that sense, I, um, couldn't be more optimistic about where it's going. And because that's where it's going, I have extreme optimism for even the people who currently are working towards, you know, destruction, destruction. Yeah. And even specifically those that are trying, that are even, trying to progress, you know, the ideology more by trying to indoctrinate children. Like I still even have hope for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, first Corinthians six, um, verses nine through 11. Um, so Paul writing to the church in Corinth, a big, a big problem in the church in Corinth was sexual immorality, mm-hmm. huge problem. So, Chapter 6, verse 9, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And if you stop there, you think, oh, you know, all these people pushing the LGBTQ agenda are just damned to hell, and they're condemned, and there's no hope. But then Paul says... Um, and as, and such were some of you. Yep. Right. So, yeah. And that's, that's another big point. You know, I think in part two, I think in part two, 
part two, part one. I'm getting them. It's all blending together now. But I, I, I made a big deal about, um, you know, they're they're in the image of God and, um, and you know that being a uh, an important part of of speaking to them. But what's equally as important is we are sinners too, mm-hmm. and the only dividing line is that we've accepted Christ. Yep. And and the goal For is sure. to not push them away. It's to get them to understand their sinful nature, thus demonstrating the need for a Savior. And then once they understand that, they can, you know, just kind of swim in grace and understand that they're, they're saved if they ask for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, that's good stuff. So, I mean, something I find really interesting, um, one part of that video was there was like an older man, an elderly man who was like saying that he wanted, there were two people brought together. There was the elderly man. You alluded to that in in part two. Yeah. So the the old man said, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he said, he kept talking about, he said, um, I'll pray for you talking to the guy that came out from the, from the drag show. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was there in support and, and then the, the older man was there kind of in protest, but just saying, you know, I'll pray for you. And then the man who was in support of the drag show just kept saying, Oh, don't pray for me. Don't pray for me. I'm good. I'm great. I'm fine. I'm good. Do not pray for me. And that's something I've always found really interesting is people on, on that side of the issue kind of revile being prayed for well that if i'm not mistaken that same gentleman who uh was uh not the man that was praying but the guy that was saying don't pray for me went as far to say after it got he got heated and he got caught up in his own emotions um it got to the point to where he said um uh you all just want us dead yeah you all just want yeah. us dead. Yeah. And 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 I guess that's another good pivot point. Go ahead and finish what you were, your your thought was, Nick, and then um and then we can talk so, about that. So so I think what you just said, you all just want us dead, is 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 kind I, I think there's irony there. Because it's not that any no real Christian wants any other person dead right right what we're actually saying is you already are yeah that's and true your rev- your reviling of prayer is proof of it yeah yep 100 i want i want you to have life i want you to take hold of life so so how do we so how do we go about breaking because and, and obviously that's an extreme you know, I, yeah. I talk to people throughout my daily week about Jesus and most, I guess most of my encounters, there's, there's been, there's been two, two, uh, two reactions to, uh, talking about Jesus and sin. Um, the first reaction is to get really uncomfortable, not me, but them, they get really uncomfortable and they want to leave the conversation immediately. There's not, they're not hostile. They're, they're not anything. They're very nice, um, Re- the, uh, receptive in the uh, in the 
aspect of I'm going to be nice and receptive just to get out of the conversation because I don't want to talk about this anymore because I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to feel whatever I'm feeling. There, There's option one or reaction one. Reaction two is very, very open to understanding what a Christian actually believes because they don't they can't sit down and read the Bible and understand it for themselves under their own admission. Those are the very those are the two. I've never been screamed at. I've never been, um, you know, cursed out. I've never I've 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 never been anything close to oppressed or bad mouthed. Had any negative yeah. reactions? And, yeah, neither have I. Um, and I think it's very very interesting. Like, you know, you you even mentioned before, uh, it's not prevalent. It's just what's mm-hmm. reported. Yeah, the majority of time that's what's reported. So, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is a rally cry to other Christians listening. If you just happen to stumble upon our little podcast here, don't be afraid to talk about Jesus because don't be afraid to talk about Jesus and don't be afraid to call sin sin. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm just talking from my experience, it's really not that bad. Right. It's not that bad. It's not as Meaning bad as the you respo- think. The, the response is not as bad as yeah, you're the afraid respo- it might be. Yeah, it's yeah. and and if it is, it's okay because you can't. You know, we don't save people. God does, and all we're supposed to do is plant the seeds, and you know, that's it. The conversation yeah. can end, and that be okay. If they get upset, if they get whatever, keep your head. Okay, we don't have to talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Have a great day. I'll pray for you. You know, whatever whatever the ending may be, or whatever is and on then your heart, actually do it. Yes, and then actually, actually do it. Actually pray. Right. But, you know, before I started being more open and upfront with, uh, you know, conversations about Jesus and why I believe and not afraid to push people, you know, in terms of um, logic and, and Christian thinking and um, how, how um, a non-believer's thoughts um, intellectually don't hold water when you're talking about morality and how morality differs from person to person. And, you know, getting into the whole apologetics thing is, uh, it's easier. And the more you, you have to exercise it like a muscle Mm -hmm. and the more you do it, the better you get at it. No, no differently than anything else, but you have to start and, and it's, it's, and you, you start to realize that it's not as scary as, you may once have thought it would be. Um, so, yeah. And you don't have to have like every answer to every potential question that you might be asked, right? You right. Don't, you and, don't have to be able to say... Right, that's a good point because I think right. you, you mentioned sanctification before and I think, you know, from what what I've kind of learned is that's part of it. You know, I think, uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but what what I've experienced is the more I talk to people about Jesus, the more I'm motivated to read the Bible, so I have a refutation for that vile or vain philosophy that the Bible talks about, um, mm-hmm. that non-believing philosophy where, oh, what about this? And they try to get you on, you know, a technicality or whatever they think they're trying to get you on, um, or, you know, worst case scenario, or, you know, the, the, the person who's actually trying to understand and seek uh, mm-hmm. either Christianity or another religion or compare and understand what's going on with any of it. And there just be a heart, a true heart of, I want the truth and I just don't believe it quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. You want to be able to answer those questions because yeah, it's your faith and you should take responsibility of your faith and, and um, you know, research it and do the due diligence. If you're going to, if you're going to rest your eternity on this decision, 
Um, you know, I think people people have bought cars with more thought in in buying a car than they have being a Christian and 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 weighing the cost. You know, it talks about that mm-hmm. in Luke chapter I think fourteen. You know, weigh the cost, and um, so so yeah, I think I think there's a lot to say about that. Um, don't be afraid. Um, rally, just practice, you know, get people together, talk about Jesus and see what happens. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And I, and to go along with that, I think another aspect of it is so like, you know, in the Bible, you always have like this dichotomy of clean versus unclean, Mm -hmm. you know, like, especially within the old Testament law, you know, if you, if you come into contact with an unclean, anything that is unclean for whatever reason, it's unclean, then there's a ritual ceremony to go through in order before you can again be clean right mm-hmm. um, so i think a lot of times christian christians have a tendency to view any prominent sins as things that are unclean and things that i can't come in contact with like i can't i can't come in contact with people who are who are doing this these things even if it is to to preach the gospel to them. I can't, I can't come in contact with them because I, then I might be unclean. Right. And so the thing that we're forgetting is our righteousness is purely the righteousness of Christ. Right. And yeah. Christ touched and healed lepers. Yeah. Even which, our, even our good deeds are filthy right, rags. Right. right. So we don't have to worry. We, like there's, there's, just seems to be an underlying wor- underlying worry. And I think that's part of the, that's part of the kind of, I'm just going to throw the condemnation piece out at people. I think that's part of the reason we do that is because we don't want to get close. We're scared of actually getting close to somebody that we disagree with or that we are in conflict with. We're scared of actually being close to those people and building a relationship with those people because we think they might rub off on us or something like that. And that's just ridiculous. There's no reason to, to be afraid of that. You can no. build relationships with people who are dead in their sin. You can, you can, you can do that. You can do you that. Can, call them to Christ and you can be a demonstration of Christ and his love and you can do all those things. Um, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to keep your distance, keep your distance from inaction and from what they're doing, but you don't have to be. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a defining line between guarding your heart and, and, uh, being opened to getting to know someone and being willing to take a seat at their table um, mm-hmm. and not isolate yourself, you know, at the popular table or Christian table or whatever. Yeah. Um, obviously referencing, uh, shoot, who was that? That was, um, are you talking about like it was Paul? Bible-wise? Yeah, it was Paul and Peter, Peter and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting late, so I'm getting foggy. Um, yeah, man. Anything you want to wrap up with? No, I think I think we're good. I mean, I'm sure we could talk about this for a lot know, on and on and on and yeah. on. But yeah, I think I guess I think the big thing that I want to wrap up with is, um, you know, as a Christian, we can we can still be the light. You know, I I, I would agree with Nick that I'm more hopeful. Um, I'm not all the time. I'm you know guilty of not being very you know. Hopeful, my wife always teases me, and she just says that I'm not happy unless I'm miserable. So uh, I think that um, overall, you know, and I know that 
you know, Nick, you did kind of give the Sunday school answer with, oh, every knee will bow. and But it is the truth, you know, and you, you it is it is the truth. You can't take that away from it. And I think that um, in order to remain hopeful, we have to talk about Jesus and um, affect, you know, the change, change happens. The, 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 the most effective change happens in the heart. And that's the best way to ultimately um, go about it. You know, it's not political. It's not anything else. It's um, appealing to the person's knowledge of Christ, knowledge of God, and being unashamed to call sin, sin in their life. So therefore, you know, to give them a need for Jesus. And then to also follow that up with just as an important, if not even more important, um, the fact that um, they have themselves hope, you know, to everlasting life if they repent from their sins and um, uh, put their faith in Jesus alone. For sure. So... Um, don't be a, don't be afraid. Don't live in fear of, don't let the news and things like that make you, make you fearful of this coming world where, you know, all of these things that I think are evil are just ruling and reigning everywhere. Like don't, don't allow the news to make you be fearful of that. That's what even they want. If, even if it's true that that might come someday, don't be afraid of that. Like, Christians have been the minority for the majority of the history of the world. Mm-hmm. For the history of Christian, or for the majority of the history of Christianity, Christians have been the minority. And right? Christianity's been around if, for a, quite a while, right? So, don't be afraid of that. Don't don't be afraid of what might come. Just continue to live faithfully in Christ. Proclaim Him when you have every opportunity to do so, and trust Him to to bring order into this chaotic mess that we see. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys have any questions, um, <clears throat> you know, throw it in the the comments on Facebook, YouTube, throw it, uh, you know, and, and if, and honestly, if there's even like a more personal question or, uh, you know, if you're still a little apprehensive and you want to, you know, private message us, I think that there's a way to do that on Facebook. Um, throw it in the, 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 the private message and we'll do our best to, to, uh, answer your questions. Um, we don't have all the answers, but, uh, we do want to help and give value, um, you know, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and if you're a non-believing person and you've lasted this long in our part three, uh, our three part, uh, podcast episode, um, we commend you and we thank you and, um, if you have questions as well, we will um, we will do our best to answer that as well. So, um, guys, be encouraged. Um, there is hope. Don't be fearful, and uh, have a great have a great week. See ya.